0: Welcome to the Do One Better podcast. I am Alberto Ligi, your host from London. And as our regular listeners know, the purpose of the podcast is to encourage everyone to be more philanthropic, act sustainably, and embrace social entrepreneurship. And if you're so inclined, please do press that subscribe button. It makes a world of difference for us. Today, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome on board Olivia Leyland, who is the founder and CEO of Co-Impact. It's a global collaborative for systems change backed by some serious funders, making out some serious grants, and today we're going to talk about the work they do and about Olivia, who I should point out actually launched the Giving Pledge as well, which I think is quite sensational. Olivia, welcome aboard to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Great. Well, it's a pleasure and it's great to be in your offices. There is a little bit of background noise here and there, but that (laughs) happens in a busy work environment where where (laughs) things are happening.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> not at all.
0: Not at all. So tell us a little bit about Coimpact. I've read quite a bit about it, I imagine some of our audience have as well, but what's it all about?
1: What we're doing with Coimpact is bringing together a group of funders from around the world to support efforts at driving systems change in the areas of education, health and economic opportunity in low and middle income countries. There's been a lot of conversation of system change, but really yeah. I wanted to start with that because that's, that's the core of what we're doing. Which is to support efforts that are proven and where there's a coalition of actors that are coming together to drive these changes at scale, at maybe at a national scale, sometimes within multiple countries, for millions of people around the world.
0: That's wonderful. And tell us, how did you get into this? Because you're you're the force behind CoImpact. You launched it. You're the founder as well, right? Correct. So this one just wake up one day and say, "Look, <laughs> this is, I think, what we need to do right now."
1: Uh, I was a little bit different from that. So I've spent, with the the exception of a, sh- a very short stint at the beginning of my career, I've spent my entire career in the social sector, both working um, well really on working towards social impact. So both from the private sector, from the nonprofit sector, working in government, and then for a bit over sort of the last decade, plus I've been in philanthropy. As you mentioned, most recently, I was the founding director of the Giving Pledge, which is an effort to bring people from around the world together who are really committing the majority of their wealth to philanthropy. And through conversations that I'd been having with some of the people who had taken the Giving Pledge mm-hmm. around Really, what more could they do with their giving, and and um, and how to have more impact? I became slightly obsessed with this question of what more can philanthropy do. You can look at the examples across history of where philanthropy has really had a significant impact, and how do you really have more philanthropy that, that 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 is directed in that way? And so I actually spent a year looking into that question, obviously building off of my experiences before, and then also speaking to several hundred people around the world to say what's really needed in philanthropy, what is the future of philanthropy, and what's the potential. And the idea for Coimpact came from that, which was both on the side from sort of the social change leaders, there was a repeated point that a lot of philanthropy is focused at the earlier stages, which is of course enormously important as well. But what happens is that once you get to having something that is proven, that's often when philanthropy steps away. And yet there's a tremendous need to play that bridge with actually supporting proven efforts and coalitions that are really coming together to drive, try to drive change at scale. And then from the philanthropist side, that in order to really do this kind of work, um, I remember having a conversation with somebody who was saying, look, I'd love to be able to do things that really are about systemic impact. You hear about systems change all the time, but you know I have maybe a small team, and how do I know where I should go and write the check? Right? What, who's, who's out there helping us to find the opportunities and then sticking with them over the longer term? And so that was the idea, which was really build a team where our role is to find amazing opportunities that are proven, where these coalitions of actors, again, it's nonprofits and working with government as well as with other actors in the system, to drive change at scale yeah. and to support those and to bring together, therefore, in a flexible way, philanthropists from around the world who can then join in in supporting these efforts.
0: Yeah, because I guess it's one thing to say I'm going to sign a giving pledge and I'm going to give a billion dollars away. It's another to find out exactly what you're going to do with that billion dollars, right? I mean, it's not that easy to give it away. Give it away in a manner that's going to make a difference. And Exactly. Sit, and yeah.
1: I, I do think that most people come to their philanthropy with a desire to have more impact. And the question is, what does that mean and how do you actually do that? And how can we, you know, as we look to the future of philanthropy, take a, take, learn from what's come before and then also think about how philanthropy can be most effective.
0: So what do you, what is the um, what do your funders look like? because uh, I believe you have different tiers, you have core partners and, or tell, tell us a little bit about what your your funding sources look like, what level of commitment they might get in there, what sort of time horizons, thematic areas. There's so much we could say. but <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll start with the thematic areas, which is education, health, and economic opportunity in low- and middle-income countries in the global south. Um, Oftentimes there are obviously connections between those as we look also at the efforts that we're we're supporting when it comes to systems change. In terms of how funders can join in in supporting these efforts, we really wanted to make sure that we were building something that is a somewhat flexible platform so that people can join in different ways. And again, it's actually not just individual philanthropists, it's also um, institutions. We have some corporate foundations that are all also involved. Um, and then, of course, crucially, we're also partnering with multilaterals and bilaterals um, in this work as well, as well as, you know, in each of the instances, as I mentioned, everything that we're supporting is these kind of coalitions of actors that are coming together in government as a key actor in each of those. So in terms of how the philanthropists and the other funders can engage, we have our core partners who effectively okay. form our advisory board. And so um, that group then engages on strategy, engages on um, the significant initiatives, that we're supporting you know in addition to to engaging in that way then we we tap their expertise and their team's expertise as, as relevant in each of the the areas which I think is something additional um, that then we can offer to our program partners, um, which is what we call our grantees in their work so if they're interested then in something where that one of uh, or, or they're working on something where maybe the expertise of one of the, the core partners or their teams could be useful then we make sure that, that that's something else that they can tap into And I should mention so our core partners are Rohini and Nanda the Elma Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Skoll, Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, Richard Chandler, and then the Rockefeller Foundation. So um, the small people. <laughs> um, it's an amazing group, <laughs> and we're we're um, we were always we have great conversations. I think also within the group, which is terrific, um, and we're continuing to build that out. So that's um, that's the group to date, and the Rockefeller Foundation also serves as. This sort of almost incubated us in a way, um, and provide significant operating costs as well as strategic
0: support. To and you're the, uh, involved with the Rockefeller Foundation as well.
1: Yeah, so I both also sit on the leadership team of the Rockefeller Foundation. And so um, I was really excited and have been excited to kind of build, as I was mentioning before, on what we've learned across history from philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And I think the Rockefeller Foundation is at a really exciting moment, too, because of now recognizing where philanthropy sits in the future of philanthropy and also building on this incredible legacy. So that sort of mix of really exciting things happening now and also... looking looking backwards. So in addition to our core partners, what I really wanted to do and what our team has been very focused on is how do you build something where you also then have a group of philanthropists and other funders from around the world who are engaging. So we also have this community of philanthropists who both fund the initiatives as well as engage in learning. So we do webinars, we do site visits, we have um, regular conversations within the group around things that we're learning. One of the key things that we're trying to do is also be really transparent about our work and then also have that space for this group to then come together and both with our team, with our program partners and other partners in the sector and beyond to say, what more can philanthropy really do? And so I think what brings together this group is really that desire to see philanthropy's role in systems change and not just to talk about it, but actually to do it together. And so so that's a key piece. And then the last piece I'll mention is that with every initiative that we support in deep partnership, obviously, with our program partners, we partner with other other funders too, who, some of whom have come before us mm-hmm. and others um, that are joining after us. And w- one of the things that we're, um, we're always working on is figuring out how we can then align so that we're all supporting a joint plan. That was another big thing that came out of the research was the importance of um and this will be a, not a surprise to anybody but the importance for social change leaders of having an aligned plan that you can work towards so that you're not kind of constantly every year trying to figure out how to work towards a vision but really have that space so
0: mm-hmm. tell, tell us a little bit about that research i know you have a handbook that's just been published mm-hmm. which provides invaluable insight both from your funders, but also from people on the front lines who are either delivering programs, involved with the initiative. So I understand it's a very holistic exercise to gain as much insight as possible from all the key stakeholders and enable you to set the right direction and tempo and make sure that you're hopefully doing things right and held to account in the right way. I've read the handbook; the fascinating material. Tell us a little bit about it. And what you're planning to do with those insights and whether there were any findings that were counterintuitive, unexpected, encouraging.
1: So I'm really excited about the handbook. And I should say at the outset that it was not my idea. Okay. <laughs> um, it was Rakesh Rajani, who's our vice president of programs, who said, right. look, we really need to put Take down, oh, yeah, of course. It was all me. <laughs> if it, everything that was good was definitely me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so but actually when Rakesh came up with the idea, I thought, well, just putting this down on paper, how much of a difference does that make? I'm so excited about it, not just because of having it all written down, but I think the process of putting on paper what it is that both what we believe and our values as well as really, you know, in detail saying how we approach the work. It allowed us to have already to get lots of feedback from our program partners crucially um, and others um, that we we basically sought out using this as a tool to be able to have that conversation of what are we doing well what else should we be improving we're relatively new right? we launched yeah. in 2017 how can we make sure that we really are learning from the outset and we're continuing to adapt so another key thing with the handbook is of course it's not just sort of a li- it, it will be a living document it's not just something right. that we're kind of putting on the shelf um, but that we can then use that as a way to engage and say, what else you know could we be thinking about? What else could we be doing? And 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 how could we do this better? And so I think that was incredibly valuable um, already. And we got you know pages and pages and pages of feedback of just ideas and and brainstorms and 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 feedback. And I think. Um, so I'm excited for that going forward as well. I hope that people who are listening to this actually do go go seek it out. We're not expecting people really to read it cover to cover. First
0: of all, <laughs> um, where can they seek it out? Uh, they if can they... find it on
1: our website, so okay, coimpact.org. Right. Co-impact.org. Okay. Um, what we would love to do is to use it as a way to engage in a dialogue with people around how we view systems change, how we go about due diligence, how we support our partners and um, and get ideas because really the whole premise behind Coimpact is to try to figure out how we can best have philanthropy that really does support yeah. these efforts at driving systems change. And so it's key to us to continue. Did the
0: insights that. validate your intuition? Did they validate the way you're operating? And yes, great. It's a you know it's a pat on the back. Or were there some things that really caught you off guard, and you're like, "Wow, okay, I didn't realize we were being perceived like this, or I didn't realize we had that impact, positive or negative." But it's good to know.
1: I think the key thing for us is that it's still early days, and so we, in our, so we've made our first round of grants um, to a set of of four systems change initiatives and one one venture grant. And then we, we're, we're actually sourcing for our next round now.
0: In terms of your, uh, your insights from this book, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be useful for you, mm-hmm. but is this now like the secret sauce that you keep to yourself <laughs> and nobody knows about? Or do you view some of these insights as valuable uh, information and feedback that could be of use to other nascent collaboratives elsewhere, other like-minded individuals who maybe want to come together and improve the world?
1: So definitely, I hope the latter. Um, I think um, our hope is with this handbook, we can have this conversation with others who are also putting out what they are doing and believe. And crucially, again, with our partners, I think specifically on the topic of kind of other collaboratives, two points. One is we actually have a section on um, in the handbook on funding for systems change, okay. and that's been a really useful thing for us actually um, with other funders to say, are we actually aligned in how we're approaching this? What what um, when we think about going in and co-investing on an initiative, what are some of the things to keep in mind? For example, you know, joint reporting, the length of a grant, things like that 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 are um, kind of core to our approach. Um, you know the one of our values that we we have in there is that we're very much program partner centered which means that it really is up to um, the partners to be sort of the drivers and architects and then we see our role as support um, and so it's very helpful in finding other funders who are aligned along those of which um, you know I think I think it helps already to sort of yeah. um, speed that conversation on the question of other um, of sort of what are we we yeah you know, we actually tried to um, be quite um, to also Um, be quite explicit about even our governance and things like that in the handbook. I think for other collaborators, we probably need to do more than just something that's written. Mm -hmm. And and we've been actually having this series of conversations that Hewlett um, and Gates convened um, with us around collaboration and philanthropy, um, which again is always a means to an end um, rather than an end in itself. But um, one of our core partners actually said something to me the other day, which I loved, which was that none of us have the resources nor the wisdom to be able to address these issues alone. And I think we will start to see more collaboration and philanthropy and not just in name, right, of sure. what we've seen of where people say, well, I'm doing this and you're doing this and let's talk about it, but really saying, it would okay, deeply taking on the hard work of saying we might have to give up some control in order to do this and what does that look like? And so one of the things that we're doing with this group is to say what how can we create mechanisms to be sharing what we're learning across these different collaboratives and also make it such, in such a way that it's easier for others who are mm-hmm. then sort of entering this work. Because
0: together. that's really your thing, right? You are a platform or a mechanism for individuals with resources and a philanthropic disposition to come together, but then to delegate some of that control to you, some of that decision-making, some of that project evaluation, deal flow origination and you guys you hold their hand and you are in essence that structure that makes all of this happen right they're not a funder who comes to you doesn't need to start doing their own deal flow origination project management all of that that is your business
1: that's exactly right I would add two things one is that we also do give ways for the funders to engage, sort of in, in different ways. So some might not engage at all and might fully trust to us. Others might say, "Well, um, we're actually really interested in this particular initiative and we'd love to learn more about it, so we're going to come on a site visit." Right. So there's different ways right. across across um, uh, also across time that different funders might engage. So I think that's that's one piece. The second is that there's been a lot of conversation around collaboration and philanthropy. And I think for us, the core of what we're doing, that is sort of how we operate, but the core of what we're doing is this effort at driving systems change and recognizing philanthropy's role within that. And we see this sort of approach as a means to an end rather than the end in itself. Um, meaning that just as, as this one core partner had said, if we really want to address these issues, and again, we're not funding individual organizations, we're funding coalitions, and so we're recognizing mm. this collaboration is crucial, you know, across the sector, right? So across um, um, across the work, philanthropy is one seat at the table, and it makes a lot of sense for the funders also to be collaborating, as well as to be funding efforts that effectively are collaboration in themselves.
0: Yeah, and so this, uh, you've had one funding round, you're working on the second, What what do these things look like? What sort of, what's the founding round look like? How much money are we talking about? What sort of time horizons are we talking about?
1: The way that we make our grants is we do um, an upfront design phase um, with a um, sort of a larger set of, of, of opportunities usually, and then we um, we support the systems change grants that we make, which is the core of what we do. Um, are five years and from us between ten and twenty five million dollars. Right. This was really important. We actually had some conversations about should it be longer. Um, and those are ongoing because actually systems change, of course, um, takes a long time. Um, and so having that support for our program partners, I think, is uh, you know, most grants are one year or three years. And so uh, making sure that we have the one year of design run and then the five years of, of um uh, for the systems change grant was really important mm-hmm. to us, and then in the first round we made 80 million dollars of grants. And again, as I mentioned, they're in the areas of education, health, and economic opportunity. Our first round of systems change grants were to four efforts. One, um, which is really about ensuring that there are that there's a community health workforce um, that reaches every Liberian, so everyone across mm-hmm. Liberia. Another in the health area um, is something called Project Echo, which is okay. ensuring that specialized healthcare knowledge gets to even the most remote communities so that knowledge really passes throughout the system. Uh, the focus of that work is in India. Another, um, which is in education, is to support teaching at the right level, Africa, which is taking a, um, a proven approach really to increase reading and math skills amongst primary school children um, and to, through working with ministries of education in multiple countries across Africa to really um, see those improvements for millions of, of children and then the um, more int- the livelihoods and economic opportunity area, working in, with the graduation approach, mm-hmm. um, with both in, in Bihar and India, as well as in Paraguay and Colombia, and then also supporting a, um, a broader effort um, that's led by the World Bank uh, to really in, in, increase the incomes of millions of people um, mm-hmm. around the world. So the core that is within each of these is that their systems changes mean means there are coalitions of actors that are coming together and we support, it, this gets a little bit sort of a, a wonky in our description, okay. but basically, what we're looking for is a fulcrum point in the system given the amount of funds we're talking about philanthropy is tiny right. and so we're not taking on the entire system obviously and again it's never us it's really our, our partners but what we're doing is supporting our partners who are, are focusing on this one piece in the system which could have a huge um, impact on the system overall so take an education if you are able to read and do do basic math that has a huge impact on your um, your education outcomes overall right and so things like that in terms of as yeah. we think about the fulcrum
0: that is amazing. Tell me about the deal flow origination then, because again, these initiatives and objectives that you're, you're discussing, they don't just happen. You don't just tap on somebody's shoulder and say, I'd like your country to look like this in five years time, or I'd like the system to evolve like that.
1: So we're, um, we're in the midst of this with the second round of grants at the moment. It looks a little bit different for the second round than it did for the first. Because what I'll say is with our first round of grant making, we actually started the sourcing and diligence um, before we had launched, which meant that we weren't yet public about CoImpact yet. So it was a, it was a bit different. Um, so there what we did is we actually had the criteria of what we were looking for. Um, and then basically using people that we knew in different areas, We, we um, so both other funders as well as um, um, going back to the many people that I had spoken to who were both in the nonprofit sector as well as as corporate and government as well, asked for ideas fitting these criteria. And then we use that to narrow in and then do, um, um, do further diligence. For the next round, we really felt strongly that we wanted to make it an open call, and so mm-hmm. we did that. So we actually launched an open call, which um, so earlier this year, which was basically in order to um, get the word out. And we again we put down um, hopefully quite um, explicitly. Um, we 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 tried to be um, to put a lot of detail as to what we were really looking for, and uh, and then we went and did a number of webinars with people. So we we issued the open call, then then did these to sort of explain what it was that we were looking for and then from that we received well actually 445 concept notes which we then reviewed both um, all of them both by our team as well as by external reviewers and then from there uh, um, are now in the process of doing diligence on a a smaller set Um, and again for the next round the focus areas are early childhood development and jobs and scaling a lot
0: early childhood development's a good one very very good one indeed (laughs) The one that you're very close to (laughs) In terms of philanthropy and dealing with uh, philanthropists, what what are you learning? Because again, having been involved with the Giving Pledge, dealing now a lot with not just the foundations world, but ultra high net worth stakeholders and funders.
1: The biggest thing I would say is I really believe we're at a moment with philanthropy. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that people come to philanthropy with a desire to have more impact in the world. I think, Nonetheless, we see that only a small fraction of overall giving goes to social issues. And even within that, very, very little is focused on sort of larger investments. So say over $10 million and and more. So in some ways, I think there's been a really exciting and needed conversation saying, how do we actually, for the next 10 years and beyond, see those philanthropists who are really saying, okay, Let's figure out how we can do more. Again, never alone, because mm-hmm. I think, again, recognizing philanthropy is this tiny, tiny drop compared to other resources. And so it's just, it 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 doesn't make sense for philanthropy to sort of be driving. And philanthropy can never be the one driving the change. Mm-hmm. But recognizing how to partner with others to see this kind of change in the world, I think um, there's more discussion around. It's still very, very much not, the way that philanthropy works today but I think there's a small group of philanthropists that are really asking themselves these questions in a deep way and are then adjusting their funding or maybe they're ones that have already been doing this right so 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 but their funding is therefore aligned in that way and I think that's where we're we're headed
0: in terms of the next 10 years if you're thinking about success what might that look like for co-impact for Olivia dovetails very nicely with Mm -hmm. 2030 and the UN sustainable development goals
1: I think I'm fundamentally an optimist, and I, um, <laughs> I don't think we're doing this work. Um, I think it's key. And so I think at the core, it's seeing tremendous progress against those goals. And again, philanthropy is not going to be driving that, but it is going to be an important piece of it. And I'd like to see a shift towards more philanthropy focused really on supporting these systems, working at scale. Of course, pilots and innovation, which are important throughout, will always be crucial as well. And I think it means people feeling and seeing that optimism, also recognizing that there are things out there that you can support that really can have this kind of an impact um, and shifting more funds towards those. And then also, as a result, you know, really seeing those results on these key issues and crucially for um, for people around the world. Yeah.
0: There is a bit of a shift, I think. I don't know some of the conversations I have about people who maybe traditionally funded only the arts, or and now they're thinking more along the lines of, well, how do we reduce mortality rates for children under five, or mm. things like that.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think I think there is a movement in that direction. It still is a tiny fraction overall of philanthropy, and so I think what we need to do more of, as those sort of in the sector, is try to understand what keeps people from doing that um, and what. How can we, and this is part of what we and then, you know others in this sector are working towards, which is how can we make it easier and more efficient to be supporting things where you really can see the results in these areas? so that everyone just says, of course we should do that. right? Mm-hmm. Of course, we should be figuring out how, you know, to, that we can support something which really leads to, um, improvements in education or in health and in the same way as you would say well of course I should go go do something else and I think
0: I think that's yeah. what we need to do. a question on uh, going a little bit off course but it's something that I mentioned to you before we click the record button so you guys are a collaborative of various funders and I'm just curious whether there's any collaboration between different collaboratives.
1: It's a great question. I also think it's really important and the the those of us who are involved in these collaboratives I think feel quite strongly that they're there needs to be both the kind of cross learning and then where it also makes sense to to collaborate um, that we do so, um, which I think is exciting. So we've been having these conversations actually over the course of the last year with a group of, of the um, the collaboratives, um, as well as the funders who are involved in these, and whether you say collaboratives or platforms, but I think it's um sure. but basically these efforts about bringing funders together to drive large-scale change. And so I'm excited by those conversations and also what's already happening, even at sort of minor levels, like just things that we can are. There's a group of the um, chief operating officers of each of them coming together and saying, "Okay, how do you manage um, operations? And so that kind of cross learning, I think, has been really helpful. And then also saying, crucially, I mean, we have various work streams we're actually working towards of saying, how can you Get more funders excited about this work. Um, what what will that take, and how do we make sure that we're um, that you know we're sharing what we're learning, what we're doing well, what we're doing not so well, and how that can um, you know where do we actually have failures? What does that look like, sure. um, and how do we how do we come together?
0: How does somebody who's listening to this, who maybe is heading up a foundation or has some philanthropic resources to deploy? First of all, do they need to wait for the next round or can they get hold of you at any time? Uh, and if uh, if indeed the answer is at any time, how do they reach out to you or to your team and how do they start a conversation?
1: So we'd love to have a conversation um, really at any time, um, both with with funders who might want to partner with us, as well as with social change leaders, with others who can give us ideas and feedback and thoughts on on, on what more we can d- be doing. Um, as I know you're focused also on, on really on social entrepreneurship, we'd love to, to, to hear um, from the social entrepreneurs too. And so best way is really probably through either, th- I mean, so we, we're actually all very simple to reach because <laughs> um, we all have basically the same format. So, um, but for me, it's Olivia at co-impact.org. And, yeah, and we're always keen to be engaging in the conversations. And um,
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, if our listeners forgot everything we've been talking about for the last half hour, but they took away one key salient point, one key takeaway, what would that be? What is it that you'd like our listeners to keep in mind after the episode?
1: I think I'd say that the time is now, that there's amazing work that's happening already today, and... We need more philanthropy to be focused on these efforts that really are about driving impact at scale. So let's come together to do that. Please talk to us about how we can partner, talk to others about how you can partner with them. We'd love to hear from others as well about what's going on and so that we can we can learn from that too. Really, I think... Um, we're not alone in feeling this. I know, I imagine many of the people who will be listening will be feeling the same thing, if not all, but yeah, really tremendous optimism and the time is now.
0: The time is now. That's a, that's a great takeaway. Olivia, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I'm glad we persevered in the <laughs> venue so that we, we were able to record everything in your office without too much disruption of background noise. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you, speaking with you, learning from you. So thank you.
1: Thanks so much. It was great, to.